0: Was this season a success? Let me answer that question with another question. What kind of top level defensive team and one that aspires to win a title waits until game seven of a
1: playoff series that they were up three to one to finally play defense?
2: Who's that, Yuck? That's Landry. Landry using the app, using the open mic feature, sending us his take. Thanks for that, Landry. Uh, well, they did play some defense earlier, and that is why they blew Denver out in a couple of games. But I get your point. They could not stop anybody in game five or six. That just, you know, got out of control. And I don't have a good answer for why it got out of control other than Denver was desperate. And once the Jazz lost their mojo, they struggled to refind it, to find it again. Refind it? Yeah, sure. Find it again.
0: So what you're saying is they shouldn't have gone up 3-1, they should have gotten down 3-1, because then they would have that sense of urgency and won three games in a row?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can guarantee you that would have happened. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I think Landry makes some good points. I think Landry is upset about it. See, I don't think Landry is one of those guys, and I don't think there's very many people who said, oh, yeah, well, this is all weird, so I don't really care. Jazz play, you care. Yes.
2: And there were critical – there's no way around it. There were critical lapses defensively to give up, to let Murray go 50-42-50 and have another 36-point game. I mean, that's – you know, that that can't happen. You're supposed to be an elite defensive team. I will say that one of the problems that was mixed in there is that the elite defense is built on Gobert, and Gobert isn't going to have a big impact when guys are shooting three-pointers and they're running pick-and-rolls, you know – between the mid-court, uh, the half-court line, and the, the top of the key, uh, that's not his strength. Now, maybe over time, everybody's going to have to adapt to that because that's going to be the the new normal. And you know, there's going to be a bunch of guys who can do that. Um, so that's part of it, you know, the the fact that Murray was able to go a long stretch and he didn't do it last night. But that he was able to go a long stretch shooting like 65% from 3. I mean, if you want to look for the defensive problem, that was it. You know, last night he was 1 for 6 from 3. You know, so, you know, the the scores plummet because nobody could shoot a three-pointer. The Jazz were eight he, of, the,
0: and they guarded him with far more intensity. And there was and more aggression, it was And obvious. there was more
2: and there was pressure.
0: Well, that's that's on Murray. You can't control what pressure he puts on himself and whatnot. Because I don't see for the sake of the Nuggets how there was any more pressure. In fact I can argue six. there was less pressure in game seven than there was in game six. Yes. Because if you get beat as a three seed in five games and they don't have their second leading score, that's a disaster. Well the what am I looking for? The uh, the look of the series, you lose in seven in a hard-fought game. That's way better than losing in five. So I can argue that the Nuggets had far more pressure in games five and six on them than they did in game seven. And the Jazz, they're partly to blame for allowing Murray to go off because they were not going to allow him to go off in game seven. And he didn't. The pressure, that's on somebody else. You don't... You can't put uh, intangible pressure on somebody. That's up to them. I mean, David Shaw said at one time he gave a quote. I wrote it down. I think I still got it on my Twitter. somewhere. I always delete my tweets so people can't come back at me and say, you deleted your tweets. Well, I delete them all. But I kept kept that one. And he said, pressure is imaginary. It's not a real thing.
2: Yeah, I remember him saying that. It's something that's made up. I remember him saying that. I do. Yeah. 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 It's it's literally all in your head.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And I I, I just remember it was after the game and he said that. And I've always thought the world of Shaw because I've gotten to speak to him a few times. Uh, down there in the Pac-12 media days and some of the stuff off the record that not, not necessarily off the record, but off the microphone that he said, I thought this guy's just incredible when he does with the with the mission guys, we tell these guys to come back and teaches of uh, your experiences that you had Korea in, in Italy and Greece and wherever it might be in South America and, and literally all over the world. And it edifies our team. I'm thinking, my gosh, this guy's a dream come true. And, that that type of stuff. So when he said that, I thought that was profound. And so the Jazz can't control what kind of pressure Jamal Murray puts on himself, but they can control what kind of pressure they guard him with and make the shots difficult. And they clearly did that in Game 7, and they clearly didn't do it in the other games.
2: Royce O'Neal did a much better job in the stretch where he was on him of staying in front of him. So
0: did Mitchell, man. He looked like he was digging in.
2: Yes. But that was also the end of his uh, run, where he was dominating the game offensively and really getting it rolling. You know, there was a stretch there in the third quarter where it looked like it was fifty-point Mitchell. Probably not, because he didn't have a good enough first half. Um, but it was uh, it was do- he was dominant offensively. But I thought when he switched on to Murray, then all of that kind of went away.
0: Yeah, but that was just a short term. So uh, he wasn't going to be able to win the game single-handedly. And if you're Preventing people from scoring, you don't need to score as much. Now, obviously, they needed to score three more points, and they didn't. Uh, but uh, to Landry's take on the open mic, yeah, I agree with a lot of it. Where mm. was it? They're, they're, it's not like, and I feel good for their effort and way to go, yay team. They tried, and the old Bronco men Mendenhall, we tried hard. That's all well and good, but they still... They blew some stuff. They blew opportunities.
2: They blew opportunities in game one and five. Donovan went right to it in the postgame. He has not forgotten the eight second violation. You know, they had the ball. If they score there, they're up two possession. I think they were up four then. And, you know, they had a chance to go up six or seven on that possession. And, you know, you're getting right down to it in the last couple minutes of the game. And instead, you get called for that. And Murray hits a three. (laughs) And now it's a a one point. And the great thing
0: about that is that's just a once in a lifetime situation. You know, they got 10 coaches over there, and not one of them said anything. Or if they did, the players didn't hear it. Maybe they did. I don't know. It didn't appear to be. But I promise you that won't happen again. And that's what you got with a 23-year-old. He's not that experienced. And I'm going to hold him accountable because they're going to hold themselves accountable. And everybody needs to. The only way you're going to get better is through accountability. If you're just going to blow it off, ah, well, you know, we're a bunch of good guys. We love each other. The locker room is tight and all that. I don't want to say BS, but all that stuff, that that's high school stuff and junior high stuff. This is about winning. This is a cold, hard world out there in a pro sports level, and it's about winning. And I don't want to hear point differential and this and that. I want to hear did you win or lose. That's what they're held accountable for. That's what they're being paid for. They're not being paid to try hard. They're being paid to win.
2: And in Game 7, they didn't. So out in the first round for the second straight year. Now, presumably, they have the whole team next year. They tinker. They do whatever they do in the offseason. And then they have the improvement again. When, when is Donovan plateaued? How much better can he get? Because we've gone into every offseason saying he need. Remember when the step-back three. Donovan, hey, Harden's got the step-back three. If you're ever planning on beating Harden in the playoffs, you better have it. Well, now he's got it. You know, Donovan's added that. He hits a step back three. Nobody goes nuts now. We've seen him do it enough.
0: I think he has two hard years to wear. Not hard, but two good years left for sure. And then by that third year, and maybe even sooner, it's true greatness. Because then the team is totally his. And now it's not about Mike Conley. How how are we going to mesh Mike Conley? Mike Conley needs to be basically a Carmelo Anthony now. You're... Grossly overpaid relative to your contributions But nevertheless, that's what it is And you got one year left And now you become what a better Carmelo Anthony The way Carmelo has fit in with Portland You know, not the constant ball stopper To where I'm going to take the majority of the shots Blah, blah, blah So Conley, and he'll do this too Because he's, from what I understand He's that kind of guy He'll fit in and he'll be better next year he probably won't be as good as I thought he could be when he came over, but he'll be better than he was this year. And this now it's Mitchell's team, it's Mitchell City, it's Mitchell's franchise. He is as much the leader as the statues were, and things are going to revolve around him. And when Gobert made that uh, Bucking got fouled, you know he's pushing Gobert and all and. The camera seem to be always on him, and you go, you look at the national folk, and they're quoting him extensively and all about him and and his comments uh, on activism and his comments on the game. So he'll he'll grow into that role, which will make him even better. And he's willing to say stuff. You know, the Carl would speak, but you know, five minutes later, he'd say something totally different. So he sort of was a walking contradiction and nobody took him really seriously cuz you didn't know is that really what he believes or is that just in the moment and we lived with it we loved it <clears> throat> Carl throat> was a uh, It was in it was in, it a, was in, a, was in the a, moment yeah.
2: everybody figured it out you got yeah. the cool thing was he always talked and he always said whatever emotion he was feeling in the moment but that didn't mean that that was the emotion he was going to be feeling three days later. And, right. I mean, Sloan would basically just say it. When, you know, Carl would say something, then they run to Jerry, and Jerry would just say, well, he'll be here when we get started. Just <laughs> Jerry just let it roll off his back. He just, Right. He didn't worry about it at all. He's like, Carl's, you know, he's fired up about something now, but in a week he'll be the leader in the weight room, he'll be the first guy at practice, and he'll call someone a fat ass if he shows up out of, out of shape.
0: Yeah, and Stockton never said anything.
2: He, he so. said it all
0: behind the scenes. But here not, you got Mitchell, the unquestioned leader, and that's going to make him better. I believe. Excuse me. <clears throat> I believe that he is going to play better because he wants to be an activist. Now, it's not solely his motivation, but in order to have your voice, you got to have the game.
2: No, he He's cl- got the game. He clearly wants it. He clearly yeah. wants it. After he has a great game, and he clearly wants it after they lose game seven. You know, there was no, uh, right, there was no, oh, well, uh, you know, we tried hard. I mean, his, it was a good post game interview, it was longer than normal. He was engaged in every question, he was clearly feeling the pain, he was yeah. clearly, um, uh, going back over not just the game but the whole series, he didn't ask. Well, he was not asked. Hey, what about game one and the eighth-second violation? He brought it up. You know, he wasn't asked about blowing the fifteen-point lead. He brought it up. He was clearly replaying all that. So, I don't. I don't think you have that. I guess the only question is, can he dominate the best players who are? six to eight inches taller than him. And that's been a big thing in the history of the NBA, but there's a chance that that's the whole living in the past, living in the now, because the three's becoming so much more important. The court is so much more spread out. Is it still a problem? Sure, if you're 6'2", and they got a great defender who's 6'8", and they put him on you, it's a little bit of a problem. But as the game spreads out, it's, it's less of a problem. It's not as big of a hurdle to overcome. And now that we've seen him, and we know he's capable of these just monster... Monster playoff games. When the, when the other team knows it's you, is prepared to you, is geared up to stop you, and still can't stop you, once you know someone's prepared to that, you can start dreaming about, hey, how deep can they go in the playoffs? And I know, you know, people are like, well, DJ, they've gone out in the first round the last two years. You know, I'm aware of that. But Stockton and Malone had their kind of introduction to the NBA world in that seven game series you always reference, PK, when you say that 88 team. Um, didn't get as deep in the playoffs, but uh, may have been better than the 97 and 98 teams. But the next two years, they went out in the first round. And then they had a second round, and then they had the first conference final. And even after that conference final, because the age of the guys, they, they turned over three-quarters of the roster. Uh, Stockton and Malone survived it, and David Benoit did it, and they moved everybody else. You know, So is the Jazz... As Mitchell improves this year, and presumably they should be better next year, Bogdanovich should be back. Conley won't uh, need half the season to figure out how to fit in. He's figured that out. He's been really good since February 1st. So I think that's a big enough sample. He'll fit in. And, yes, these guys are getting to a point where as – Mitchell gets into his, what you were just talking about, his fourth, fifth, and sixth years. Some of these guys are going to age, right? Ingalls isn't going to play forever. Conley isn't going to play forever. Bogdanovich, those three are all over 30. You know, so at some point, they'll have to turn over the roster. But they did that in the 90s, and they went to a bunch. If you get the right guys, you know, they, they end up going to five conference finals, even though they turned the roster upside down after one. Because once the two best players figured stuff out, they started winning a lot of playoff series. And so Mitchell, one of his comments, it was, it was kind of the way he said it. It wasn't under his breath, but he had several comments and they were kind of going one into another. He said, this won't happen again. And I took that to mean we could have closed them out way earlier. There was no reason to put ourselves in this spot. We should have closed him out earlier. And I think he'll bring that urgency in playoff series in the future. You know, there won't be the, oh, we gave away game one, whatever. You know, it'll be now. Slam the door on these guys now. Short series, get through this, let's go on. And, you know, it'll be on the front office to replace Ingles, Conley, Bogdanovich. You know, at some point athletes lose it, and some guys you can get a couple more years out of than you expect. And so they'll have to be evaluating that with these guys as they go along because we don't really know, well, who's got one really good year left and who's got four good years left. And they'll have to figure that out, and they'll have to bring guys in or you know it'll all fall apart. So it's it's not some slam-dunk automatic, but evaluating when a guy in his 30s is peaking and when a guy in his 30s is losing it, that's just part of the gig. And Mitchell... I think, is going to have the right attitude going forward because we saw the right attitude after Game 7, and it would have been easy to be off point. And, and if, you, if you listen to that whole interview and it's up at 1280thezone.com, I don't think he was off point. They lost, and who was, who was the guy you played at the start of the segment? What was his? Landry. 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 You know Landry. Uh, I couldn't. Uh, Tom Landry. Remember his name, Landry. Landry, you know, there were opportunities missed along the way, especially at the defensive end of the floor. I don't think that's lost on Mitchell and Gobert. Why'd the game turn around and Gobert said, our defense got better? You know, it's not lost on those guys. Even in game seven, they defended way better in the second half than the first half. So I think a lot of these things, lessons absorbed, and it's true that some key guys are in their 30s and they should be good next year Um, at some point they'll have to make moves there and surround Mitchell with more guys. But I would think he's the guy you're going to want to play with. You know, look at the way other guys in the league interact with him, and look at how good he is. DJ and PK, 97-5 at 1280 The Zone. More on Game 7, the end of the season, coming up next. Stay with us. Now let's get this
1: party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Coaches are now telling Bruce Feldman and others in the media it's a real possibility that the Big Ten may try to reverse course and play again later this fall. It's so frustrating to me. But the Big Ten's like, all right, fine, we're coming back November. Oh, Pac-12 would come running. Would they? Oh, yeah, we're on board. Like an hour or two later. like they're just a bunch of followers.
0: So when does the announcement of, yeah, we don't really care about our student-athletes' health come out? Like,
1: does the Big Ten, well, we... Thought
0: we cared, but we don't really care. And in fact, we'll we're playing st- November.
1: And we're gonna start our season right smack dab in the middle <laughs> of flu season. <laughs> it's like we think it's safer now. Stop with the we care. You don't. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 975, 1280 the zone, in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Heck, bench Eagles, Bench Royce, even Bench Conley. Why is Clarkson not finishing that game? Join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at the Warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Oren. Prices is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! More Clarkson. More Cowbell, PK. More Clarkson. 25 minutes for Jordan. I assume they didn't like all the defensive matchups they had out there, and offensively, it was a little bit of a struggle for him.
0: When does he ever close games like that?
2: Uh, he doesn't usually close games. I'd have to go back and look. I think he has, but I think on those nights, either missing a guy or, um, just on fire. Just has it going. I'd have to go back and total up how many he closed, you know. You do that. But, (laughs) I'm not going to. (laughs) But there are stretches. You know, well, obviously, uh, did he close games early in the series when Conley was out? I think he did. But Conley was out when he missed the two games at the start of the series, and he didn't really have it going one for five from three. So uh, as uh, as spot up guy, you know, if he if he were the hottest guy, he'd probably still be out there, and they would have ridden that hot hand home because points were hard to come by in the fourth quarter. eighteen eighteen to fifteen for the Jazz down the stretch. If anybody could have made shots, they would have been on the floor, but.
0: Yeah, who are you going to play? You're, you're, we're now benching Conley, O'Neal, and Angles. That's a lot of benching. <laughs> who do they have? They don't have a lot of depth on this team.
2: No, and we can get into what they need to do going forward, uh, and we've got some people commenting on that and you know, adding that depth. But uh, you're still going to tighten up the minutes. I mean, one of the reasons that the depth doesn't look as good is that well, they're willing to play the starters, they're willing to play the best player 40 minutes.
0: Because they don't have any depth. They're not willing. They have to. But they I think, have no choice. I think in
2: the biggest games, the best players play 40 minutes, 43 minutes, whatever. The starters all play between 39 and forty. But
0: nevertheless, they have no depth.
2: I right. mean, Jawan and
0: Morgan looked like he
2: deer in the headlights. Yes, he has never played at that level before. <laughs> Earlier, he did some nice things early in the playoff series, but yeah. there wasn't as much urgency. You know, everything everything gets harder. The game speeds up, and, you know, this is a guy who's barely played in the NBA. Yeah,
0: he missed three or four free throws. He,
2: three. He, he did. He was one for four. Th-
0: yeah, three out of four. That's what I just said. Uh, so, yeah. You're going to play him more? uh yang's okay as a spot-up shooter i can do a couple things for you he's not a bad
2: eighth guy
0: but other than that who do you got they don't there's nobody there a bunch of guys just standing there so in this case sitting over in row three
2: so do they have the money or internal development and one of these young guys gets better, and you know maybe a year from now Morgan's more equipped to handle it because he's played more. <laughs> yeah, is scrunching up his face right now. Well, I mean, or they play find a somebody, a little bit, but they're or, not going to be big time right. players in this league. They or, can be role players, or they find At somebody, best. or they find somebody buried on somebody else's bench that's overlooked.
0: I, don't think that, I mean, that's what they need to do. That's what these guys are paid for. You improve the team. They've got multiple they pulled, front office folks. Yeah, and,
2: they pulled Jordan Clarkson out of
0: Cleveland. So go ahead yeah. and. Yeah, uh, Exxon was a crappy draft pick, but they turned it into Clarkson, and he's a nice player for you. So go ahead, and that's that's what they're paid to do. I don't know what their moves are, and but obviously it's 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 a never ending thing. They got they got to get better. Guys get older. It never stops, man. So this is their charge, and they got to do it. And there's got to be a great sense of urgency. They have to approach it like it's the fourth quarter of game seven. I mean, that's the way you, you want you want to win. That's what you got to do. You know, if you're in the position to win rather than be in the position of develop, well, they're beyond the position of you're always developing, but sometimes developing takes precedent, you know, the process in Philly and all that stuff. Well, they're beyond the process. You're always developing. That's why you have the minor league team and you have guys at the end of your bench and you send them over there to Salt Lake Community and all that stuff. Yeah. But they're also in the business of winning and trying to win now. Mitchell is going into his fourth year. He's a, he's a veteran now. Gobert, same type of deal, right? And the other guys, are they're older anyway. Uh, so it's about winning now. Whatever it takes that Dennis Lindsay and his guys and Jay-Z, they need to approach it as if it's the seventh game. That's the way I would want it, and there needs to be a frantic type of urgency, not a panic, but a frantic type of urgency, and I sort of like that phrase now that I just made it up, <laughs> and I'm go- I'm going to use
2: it. More. I'll say it one more time before we put it on the T-shirts. We got to memorize it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a definitely they need to have a frantic sense of urgency, right? Because why can't they win next year? You, you got you got the West acting like it's the the greatest thing ever. And who's so dominant in the West that you'd be scared of?
2: Nobody. Well, I thought this was a question for tomorrow, and we can get to it tomorrow. But did you think the Jazz or the Nuggets were going to beat the Clippers, or was this uh hey get a without
0: Bogdanovich? No, right. But could they do it with Bogdanovich? Uh, to uh, the, be interested, to take a look at the Clippers here because Paul uh, Paul George was feeling, and he has some emotional issues, and I don't yeah. make light of that whatsoever. And best to him to overcome that, but out on the floor. He hasn't exactly, in the postseason, been what Mr. Clutch here. He's not replacing Jerry West in Los Angeles as Mr. Clutch. Well, he was feeling it in the first round. Well, how are you going to feel it in the second round? And how are you going to feel it in the third round? And how are you going to feel it in the fourth round? Donovan Mitchell said, we're just getting started here. Well, the first round in the playoffs, you're just getting started. Because the NBA playoffs can go a long time. So... I don't think that the Clippers are, my gosh, they're just an unachievable entity that they can't be beaten by the Jazz anyway. And I don't really care if anybody else beats them. It's all about the Jazz here. This is what we're paid to do is talk about the Jazz. And I don't think the gap right now – now, that could change because – who knows what's going to happen in the offseason, right? And who knows the following season? Well, Donovan Mitchell is 25 years old. He's only In two years, he's only going to be 25. He's still going to be a kid. and But trying to predict what the West and what teams are going to look like in two years, that's ridiculous. Well, in you two don't know. years,
2: yeah, all bets are off because there's so many big players and so many second-tier guys who are very good but aren't superstars. Whose contracts are up? The whole league is going to get scrambled. Well, the whole league could get scrambled. Guys could just re-up with their teams too. But the whole league could get scrambled a year from now. There'll be a lot. There'll be a lot on the line there. But you know, to the point about the Nuggets, you're right. We mostly focused on the Jazz, but as what we said earlier, the difference between the Jazz and Nuggets is obviously not a lot. Look at their records. Look at their series head to head. So. If the Nuggets can beat the Clippers or if the Nuggets can take the Clippers to six or seven, whatever the Nuggets do with the Clippers, feel like mm, the Jazz could have done that with the Clippers because there's not that much between the Jazz and the Nuggets. So even the West is really deep. Are we about to find out that the Nuggets—and let's say the Clippers get out of the West and go to the finals, right? But if we find out the Nuggets aren't that much worse than the Clippers, even if the Clippers turn out to be the best team in the league— if the Nuggets aren't that far away, then the Jazz aren't that far away either. And I then don't think that,
0: I don't need to see what the Nuggets do. The Jazz are not that far away.
2: Uh, you're not worried that the uh, Clippers are going to pound the Nuggets in four or five, dominate, be comfortable the whole time? I, because th- that makes because no, if there isn't that much difference between the Nuggets and Jazz, you can't just say it when it makes you feel good that you know you're close. If it means you're a long way away, it still means you're a long way away. There, yeah, there's my, a big separation.
0: My premise is if I'm Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck— my premise going into today, when well, it's it's been ongoing, but it's obviously now the season's over. Going into today is we are close, mm-hmm. and I want them to think we are close. That's their mindset because then they're going to make moves to win now, and I want them to make moves to win now. I want them to believe, even if it's not a hundred percent true. I want them to believe. We are close. We need to make moves to get us over the top right now, today. Whatever those moves are, I yeah, don't know. I, I think and we'll evaluate them and second guess them till the cows come home. Once that happens, but I think that needs to be their attitude, irregardless of the Clippers sweep Denver by forty every single game.
2: Well, regardless of that, I think they already. I think they've been thinking that for a year, and I don't see any reason they wouldn't still think that now. Of all the things to worry about, that's not the thing to worry about. So I don't care what happens with Denver Uh, and the Clippers. The Bogdanovich move, the Conley move, the Clarkson move, you know, clearly they'll, you know, the Jazz never make a move. Well, three of the top six players they acquired in the last year. So they're turning the roster over right in front of our eyes.
0: Well, you're like Colin. You're creating arguments with yourself. Who's saying they don't make moves? People say, well, Colin. (laughs)
2: You hear that all the time. There's a big chunk of the Jazz fan base. I'm not making that up. Well, go out in your neighborhood and ask the people who are still following the team, and they'll tell you the Jazz never make moves.
0: Well, because they know not to be stupid with me. You, know, <laughs> you, obviously you intimidate them walking
2: down the street. Ooh, yeah. Here comes, here comes don't, PK. don't come to me with
0: some stupid, lame, you-know-what take about the Jazz. Here
2: comes PK with his dog. i got to be on my game or he'll light me up.
0: I, I don't go to them.
2: They come to me. You're on the mountaintop.
0: I don't walk the dog.
2: Oh, really? You don't walk the dog? Nope. It's all on Mrs. K, huh? That's
0: what's. That's why she has him. That's her. That is her release. That is her uh, way to find solitude and comfort and peace in her life. And you know. People don't know what I'm talking about, but you know what I'm talking <laughs> I about. I
2: got an idea. <laughs> so there are yes. other areas of her life where there's a little bit of stress.
0: Yes, so that's what uh, that's what she does twice a day, and I wouldn't. And it's uh, I don't mean to be Mister Tough Guy. I don't walk the dog, but that is actually her therapy. She won't. I can go with her.
2: Yeah, but you can't take the dog without her.
0: No, no, no. That's her job. Right, exactly. (laughs) And that's when it's not her job. No, it's not her job. That's her job is the word word. It's It's almost, it's
2: it's borderline her hobby.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's why we got the stupid thing in the first place uh, for (laughs) other reasons. (laughs) Stupid.
2: Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> it's not how he really feels. That's him cushing himself against the loss. Like a Jazz fan saying they played hard. That's PK cushing himself against the loss. Despite the fact that his Twitter feed now thinks PK hates animals.
0: <laughs> dog, that dog number two is the stupid thing. I was against dog number two. Dog number one, that's my dog. But you were against
2: dog number two because you were cushioning yourself against the loss. So you're like, oh, great. I'm going to live another 15 or 20 years. The dog, depending on what kind of dog you get, is going to be, I don't know, what, is it, 7, Boxers, 10, 12 years? Boxers, they don't even live freaking 10. Yeah, Right. Yeah, you oh, I gotta go one. through this again. I know, and I know only because I was in the press box at the Alamo Dome, yeah. <laughs> which is where to. And you come over because the bowl game TV timeouts seem like they last for like a week and a half. I mean, I know they don't, but my gosh, it just seems like those games come to a stop. And uh, <clears throat> and you're over there, and the dog had been doing great, and then you're over there pouring pouring your heart out like the dog. I was downhill in a hurry.
0: Yeah, my whole goal is to die before this dog dies. (laughs)
2: That's a horrible goal, but good luck with it, I guess. I don't even know what to say to that.
0: I'm going to work hard to achieve it. Here, I'm going to order a pizza right now.
2: (laughs) Start clogging those
0: veins. Yeah.
2: (laughs) What happens first, The Jazz win at all
0: or PK croaks?
2: (laughs) Josh says, oh, there's a poll question. Uh, Josh says, we'll know if Donovan is serious. He comes back ready to be a great defender next year. Lead that way. Stock was the best leader ever and didn't say a word.
0: Well, you're questioning Donovan Mitchell after what we
2: just saw? Yes, that is exactly what Josh R. Williams (laughs) will do. Josh! (laughs) He didn't get to this point. you freaking laid it out on the line, man. Are you kidding me? But even more than that, I think in the games, lots of guys compete as hard as they can in the games. But the fact that over multiple years are saying, well, he's good at this, but can he do this? And he keeps coming back and adding other stuff. To the point now that he can score 50 when a whole team is geared up to stop him. When they think he is priority one and priority two and priority three. And he still goes for 50. All the different stuff he's added, including the step back, which went hard and added, just seemed unbelievable. And who did that? Who dribbled into step back threes? And now, you know, the, the other elite guys in the league all looked at that and thought, I got to do that too. There's a bunch of guys in the league now. You, know, you don't think anything if they dribble into a step back three. Here to four. Here to
0: four. Going forward, from now on, commencing, beginning, immediately. And there as. Thank you. His reference to him from me, from now on, is B.A.
2: <laughs> Here to four with, or whatever they say.
0: I am now, from this time forward, every time I'm referring to him, when I say B.A., that's him. B.A. That's who he was, man. Are you kidding me? This Divorce yourself from the politics slash activism, wherever you fall on that. Just go from the basketball standpoint. That kid was a complete and total B.A. Even in defeat, he was even more of a B.A. than he was in victory, even though the stats weren't the same. Are you kidding me, god. Goodness. I would you want to be a BA in whatever you do and whatever your field is, plug in a beta or VHS tape of that game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jill. Jill, what am I supposed to stop? I just got stop it at David James and Donovan waving his hand at me. Stop I'm, what? I don't I don't have any idea. I think Donovan's met every offseason test the last 3 or 4 years. Look at how his game has improved. He's clearly is working, the man. He's clearly working hard at this people. <laughs> you can't get where he's got. if you're not working at it, you can't fall out of bed at six- one and do this. Honestly, Durant can't fall out of bed at seven feet and do what he does. You know, but you certainly can't do it in the NBA at 6-1. If
0: you don't love BA's game, then you are a complete total hater of the game of basketball, and that's your choice. I'm speaking of his game and his competitive will. All the things, game is not literally bouncing the ball and shooting it. Game is everything. It encompasses everything. When when you say somebody's got game, that means attitude. That means ferociousness and all those types of things, the will of, Everything it's because you can't have one without the other at the highest level. And I believe BA has got it. BA, right now I'm raising my water glass and giving BA a toast because that was hell a series by BA and I have mad respect for BA.
2: <laughs> You're 28 years old all of a sudden. <laughs>
0: I, I don't
2: think I've ever stopped being beyond 15 actually. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
2: I'm pretty sure there's 50, 10 to $15 million a year guards out there that could hit seven three-pointers and score 27 points in a game three. But in game seven, the $30 million guys are supposed to hit the shot. Zero-S carpet cleaning has been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero-S cleaning today by calling them at 801-288-9376. Ah, 30 millions. You got to hit the shot when that you got Dwight. the 30 millions. That was Dwight coming in on the app. Use the open mic feature in our app. Send us your take. Yach will get it on the air. TK we've talked about this forever. The top two players on each team get paid the mega contracts, the max, depending on how long they've been in the league, what can be paid. It doesn't necessarily make them the best players. It means they're the players who have the leverage with those teams at those times. And well, even MJ missed game-winning shots. It's going to happen.
0: He's talking about Conley.
2: Yeah, he is. He's talking about Conley and
0: the shot at the buzzer. So I've got to evaluate the Conley trade Now, Conley's not giving you $30 million worth of production, right? He's just not. But when you look at what they were trying to do, they could add that contract for a couple years because Mitchell, talking about just getting started, Mitchell is just getting started when it comes to the financial remunerations, right? And his day is going he's gonna have two days, basically, right? He's gonna have when he's the restricted free agent he gets paid the max, and then when he's the unrestricted free agent he gets paid whatever that is. Well that's to come, right? Those two are still ahead of him. So what they do, the jazz roll the dice a little bit, they take on an exorbitant contract in Conley, who's at the end of his production, not at the middle, not at the beginning, but at the end, and they bring him in. Uh if Mitchell is 28, 29 years old. I don't think they make that move. But because he's younger, they can make that move. And right now, it didn't pay off the way they wanted to. I get it. And it didn't pay off in Game 7. Although... Interestingly to me, I thought he played, maybe it's only me and I'm crazy, but I thought he played better than his statistics indicated, even though that two for 13 was not good whatsoever. That's bad. I don't know that it's going to haunt him, but it wasn't good. I thought he played better than that. So... I want to evaluate this as a two-pronged process and see what he does next year. Because next year, it's sort of a put-up-or-shut-up type of deal. And then he'll probably be gone after that anyway. So under the circumstances, I believe they made the right move in trying to bring Conley aboard, knowing that Mitchell, his his big paydays are to come.
2: Well, the question is, who else was available that they could have brought aboard? You know, they, they wanted to upgrade the team, but there are guys you want and they're not available. Um, you know, are they willing to come if they're a free agent? Are they available to be traded if they're under contract? Uh, you know, the two for 13 is lousy. I mean, that's a terrible percentage. But I think, you saw, I think you evaluated him as having a good game because of the other things he did. Seven assists in a game that didn't have that many made baskets. And the Jazz only made 30 buckets. That's a really low number. And he made two of them. You can't assist on your own basket. So he's seven of the 28. He had steals. He had rebounds. He had a clutch offensive rebound. And so I think you were feeling all that other stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. As I say, I was surprised when I looked at the box score. I thought it was better than that. So I think they made the right move. It didn't necessarily turn out. But and it's not a completely and totally fair evaluation either uh, for a lot of different reasons. Let's see what next season, next season brings here. Because I thought we all thought that you know, you got to give some acclamation time for these guys. And now they had the year, and then Bogey ends up not being there at the end when he was one of your stalwarts throughout the whole entire 60-whatever games they played. And then he doesn't get a chance to finish it. So, man, th- the fact that they lost in a game seven, in a sense, for next year might be better. Might be better. To have that motivation because one of the things that surprised me to a degree was Mitchell going on and I loved it actually I loved it but it surprised me that he said it Surprised me that he admitted publicly you know he brought up the word unsalvageable oh yeah that That was a word yeah and then he brought up how he looked at uh, most folks had the nuggets in five maybe four and they read that stuff they looked at that stuff I asked way back when about Joe uh, to Joe and one of the first quarantine uh, little things we had about uh, the Thursday telephone calls about, you know, you're basically you're going to be wild underdogs. Yeah, I don't know who thinks that, you know, and he came at me a little bit. And that was great. That's what I want. So I want losses to hurt. i was so sick of, well, this ain't going to ruin my summer. Why the hell not? <laughs> You know, at least for a couple of weeks anyway. Quit acting like it doesn't hurt, because that's an insult. Yeah, go live your life in your, in your big fancy houses and your big fancy cars and the outrageous amounts of money that you have, and you can fly anywhere you want, charter all over the world. I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about how this law stings. And that's what I got from who? Who did I get that from last night? Th- last night? The B.A. <laughs>
2: Thank you. You're you welcome. <laughs> you set yeah. it up. I'll just go outside. Just bam! Down the line. And
0: we heard that. That press conference that he did and the Zoom deal where he's just sitting there taking the, phone, or the questions. I thought it was awesome, man. He was honest. He was sincere. He was laying it out the line. You know what he was that sometimes, and a lot of times, you just don't get? He was vulnerable. And you don't get that. From these guys, these guys are conditioned to put the wall between us and them. Us being the fans, and me being part of the media, and they don't really develop uh, that true connection because they don't want to expose themselves, so to speak, in that way. Well, my man did. Ba did. It hurts. It stings. This is just the start. It's not going to happen again. And well, they said the uh, the relationship was unsalvageable. Yeah, I mean that that's what we get. We get all sources say, and then there's very little. The media sucks these days, as far as I'm concerned. There's very little accountability. You can what, and I'm part of the problem too. So I don't eliminate myself from any of that for sure. And I buy into it myself, and I'm making money off of it. So I, I, I always like to say I'm not hypocritical. I'm just two-faced. But listening to that young man talk. Yeah, it stings, and he laid it out on the line. I am so much more impressed with him today, in defeat, than I've ever been.
2: So, the unsalvageable thing, I thought it was really interesting he brought it up. He has gone to great lengths not to address it. And maybe that's just a media strategy, but I think he should have addressed it because it would have gone away, or at least it would have uh, tamped it down in a lot of quarters. I think, in a way, he did address it last night, and the fact... That he said that with such distaste, and it was such clearly, it was in passing, but it was also a direct shot. And you don't get those two things at the same time. He was on another wavelength, talking about something else, and he dropped unsalvageable into the quote. And it was the first time you ever got the thought, he thinks this is ridiculous. We know Joe thinks it's ridiculous. But we haven't heard it from Donovan, and that's part of the reason it had life. So him saying that, and I get some people always throw it out there to stir the pot. But him saying that, I absolutely, whether it was a correct evaluation or not, I believe 100% it got said. And I believe 100% that there are people on these now enormous coaching staffs, not necessarily the head coach, although sometimes, um, and in these enormous front offices, like jobs are at stake all the time, and guys are scared of star players and the power they wield. And it freaks people out. In the Jazz organization, as it would in any organization, to have two guys who are as important to the team as Rudy and Donovan are, to have them at odds. To have them butting heads over something like COVID-19 when the whole world is topsy-turvy and turned upside down. And have those two guys, to have some ice on that relationship, that is freaking people out. Because their jobs depend on those guys. Players, star players, drive this league they have for a long time, and they will for a long time. So I think it got said, and I think it got reported, and Donovan didn't tamp it down, in my mind, until last night. That was the first time we've really heard him go at it. And I think we all noted their on-court interaction with the game on the line. And it's what you want to see from star players when the game is on the line. And then back it up by saying that, I think that meant something, PK. I think that should put a lot of people's minds at rest. And behind the scenes, you know, Joe gets to have private conversations. So he can think something different. And we know Joe, so we can take a cue from him. But we also have to get why the rest of the world doesn't take that cue. They don't. But they should after last night because it came out of Donovan's mouth. And the way he said it, he was not screwing around. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.